Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the Trackstar Sports MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. And the number one headline this week is that The Count, the UFC tough three champion the face of European MMA for years has retired that's right Michael the Count Bisping stated on his podcast this week that he is retiring from MMA a lot of it has to do with health and his family has been urging him for years to do so. Uh, he has issues with seeing out of one eye, and he hopes to get that repaired now that he's no longer fighting. And there are also some issues coming along with his other eye. Your vision is huge. Your health is huge. And being in the sport of MMA, you are trading your health for Entertainment, whether it be your own personal entertainment, the rush you get from performing and or the entertainment of others. And when it gets to a point where it's critical, as it seems as if it is for Bisping, it's time to walk away. So we salute you. You have done things the right way and have spanned many or I should say multiple errors of MMA. You went through the TRT phase and you continued. You came in at the golden age and you even walked out of the cage twice with a belt. Can't, uh, can't do much more than that. And I'm so very glad that he's stepping away. Michael Bisping showed everyone how to hype a fight. Didn't matter who he was in there against. He did his best to make it a feud. Even with his friend George St. Pierre. So salute to you, sir. I hope that you have much success in whatever you choose to do with the rest of your life and thank you so much for giving us so many wonderful MMA memories two fighters hoping to provide more of those kinds of memories for us will be squaring off against each other at UFC 226 that's right the flagship or one of the flagship pay-per-views that the UFC has every year, International Fight Week. We'll get 
groovy Lando Manata and Dracar Close. Oh, man. There's so many, 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 many fights on this card that are phenomenal. And this is just another added bonus to our already super stacked card. Speaking of a card that's looking pretty stacked, the Professional Fighters League will kick off their first season on Thursday of next week. And like the thug jitsu master himself, Eve Edwards said that this is like other sports where you're going to have a champion crowned at the end and then next year you'll do it all over again. That's a nice differentiator between the PFL and some of the other MMA leagues. Will it work? Hey, only time will tell. There are going to be six weight classes, featherweight through heavyweight. And they also have lightweight women. So 155 for women. This is like the cyborg class where uh, you have one fighter and then you just bring in others to fight her. That fighter being Olympic judoka um, and also a commentator for formerly the WSOF and now for the PFL being Caleb Barnes. But anyway, I digress. The six weight classes where they have 12 fighters each are featherweight through heavyweight. The champions of each of those weight classes will walk away with a cool million dollars. Of the $10 million pot to split, so that leaves $4 million for the other fighters. Uh, two fights in the regular season is what each of the fighters will go through. Whoever has the most points from those, the uh, eight top combatants with the most points, and you get points for winning, you get points for stoppages as well. So a win is three points. Uh, stoppage in first round is three points, and then it goes down. Or it's just, yeah, it goes down per round after that. Um, a tie is one, and you don't get anything for a loss. So first two rounds, whoever has the, the eight fighters with the highest totals will move on to the playoffs. Quarterfinal loser gets $50,000. Semifinal loser gets $100,000. And the runner-up gets $200,000. So even if you make it to the... Uh, to the finals and you don't win you still walk away with a nice uh, check this really sounds like a rinse and repeat of Bellator of years gone by where every fight you got $25,000 until you got up to $100,000 again only time will tell as to whether or not this will work well and they've got some different spins on things and I wish them the best we need as many viable MMA organizations out there so 
I definitely will be saluting the PFL and watching every other Thursday night. One thing that makes this really, really interesting, and it also uh, brings back some nostalgia of when the UFC used to use this outlet to show their preliminary cards. Seven of the fights every week will be on Facebook. And the last five fights will be on NBC SN. This upcoming PFL? Oh my goodness. You want to be on Facebook because you've got some major, major fighters fighting on it. As a matter of fact, one of the PFL's marketing statements is that we don't have undercard fights because every fight counts. And they do. It counts towards the point totals. It counts towards the fighters um, being able to move forward in things. So every fight counts. And on those first seven fights of this upcoming week, you got fighters like former WSOF champ, Alexandre Almeida, Steven Seiler, former Bellator champ Marcus Galvo, and the controversial Alex the Spartan Nicholson, all fighting on Facebook. So your man, the voice, will be watching those fights, and I encourage you to tune in as well. Uh, on the main card, got some phenomenal fights coming up there, too, with former WSOF champ, Andre the Bull Harrison, also former WSOF champ in uh, the party. <laughs> Lance Palmer. I mean, you got a lot of good fights. Their featherweight division, PFL's featherweight division is stacked. So it makes sense that they're starting off with that division and the heavyweights on the first card because you got the fighters with the most name recognition and the fighters with the highest propensity to end a fight in highlight fashion. Again, this time next week, PFL 1 will be in the books, and we will be talking about that on the companion podcast, which I hope you all have been enjoying, Aftermath, uh, with me and the bearded wonder himself, Josh Musel been having a lot of fun uh, breaking down and talking about things with him. He brings a different viewpoint, uh, sees things that I don't always pick up on or remember to talk about. So I am loving the back and forth that uh, Josh and I are able to have, and I hope that you're enjoying it as well. Last week at UFC Liverpool, Neil Magny not only got the victory, but he walked out to a song by my man, Lecrae, featuring Natalie Lauren called No Regrets. So just like in last week's episode, I'm going to use a song to bridge the segment. So after you hear a little bit of No Regrets, if you're listening via Anchor, uh, if you're not listening via Anchor, feel free to go to your favorite streaming site and or YouTube 
to check the song out. And on the other side, we'll talk about UFC Utica. Friday nights are perfect for fights. And that's what takes place on the first day of June this year. June 1st, 2018. It's going down at the Adirondack Bank Center in Utica, New York. The city that God has forgotten. At least that's what they call it. People that have not been forgotten are the headliners for this fight. Phenomenal matchup. A grudge match between Jimmy Rivera and Marlon Marais. Rivera says that he gave Marais three different weight classes to fight him at when Rivera's opponent fell out for his fight at the UFC's year-end card, which is one of their larger cards, on December 30th of 2017. But Marais turned them all down. They fight at 135, so that means he had to give them 135, 145, and even 155 because it was a short weight fight. I mean, a short notice fight. But Marais turned all of those down. Here's what's interesting about it. When Marais called out Rivera, he did so after winning a fight only to turn around and turn down all of these things. Why would you say something on national TV, put it out there that you want to fight when the cameras and the lights are on and all of the attention of the fight world is on you and you say, I want Jimmy Rivera. It's time out for talking. We need to fight. But then when you get presented with the fight at three different weight classes, you turn it down. Hmm. Well, there's no turning it down now. Their names have been signed on the dotted line. They have made weight and they're going to fight. And I can't wait to see it. The most intriguing fight on this card outside of the main event is the co-main event. And that's between Gregor the Gift Gillespie and Vince from Hell Pichelle. The Gift is an undefeated fighter having 11 fights and the last four of those have been in the UFC. Not only is he arguably the UFC's greatest fisherman, I'm sure Chad Mendez with owning a fishing and hunting business along with TJ Dillashaw would have a bone to pick with that statement but again I said arguably the greatest fisherman you need to follow this man on Instagram always taking pictures of fish anyway the gift not only is arguably the greatest fisherman but he is a well rounded fighter with only two of his 11 fights going the distance of the other nine five KOs and four submissions Vince Michelle was on tough season 15 which was the live season 
And he's also riding a four-fight win streak in the UFC. In an interview with MMA Junkie, Pichelle admitted to being a troublemaker in his youth and said that his mother gave him the moniker from hell. Now, you know you got to be doing some crazy stuff for your mother to say, what, uh, you're fighting? Okay, well, your nickname should be Vince uh, Pichelle from hell. (laughs) That says a lot about the things that he was doing, but he's fighting for uh, profession now. He's getting paid. He's doing it in the proper way. He's not getting locked up for fighting anymore and has really turned some things around. Vince has had 12 fights, whereas Gregor's had 11. And Vince has had a setback in his career. His only loss was when he was KO'd by Rusev Habilov in his UFC debut back in 2012. Vince started off his career, though, with seven straight knockouts. But since upping the ante as far as his level of competition is concerned, he hasn't been able to stop anyone outside of a couple fights ago when he knocked out Damian Beatdown Brown. The gift? He's got an impeccable wrestling pedigree. But I expect this to be a fan-friendly stand-up affair as the New York resident Gillespie will want another spectacular finish like his KO over Andrew Holbrook in Buffalo last year. While Vince Pichel, yeah, he's looking to spoil the homecoming of Gregor Gillespie. The heavyweight matchup on the main card pits Walt Big Ticket Harris versus Daniel Daddy Longlegs Spitz. And Harris is looking to get his career back on track after a late notice call up to fight former champion Fabricio Verdun last year at the International Fight Week when his opponent, Derek Lewis, fell out of the fight. Harris was like, hey, I get a chance to fight a former champion. If I win, that'll put me in title contention. Let's do it. I already made weight to fight Mark Godbeard, so let's do it. And that didn't work out for him. So, next fight, says, all right, Godbeard, I was supposed to fight you before. Let's get it. Let's do it. And he got disqualified. So, again, didn't quite work out for him. So he's looking to turn things around by punching Spitz ticket on the train to Sleepy Town. Daddy Longlegs, on the other hand, he's only tasted defeat once in his short career. And that could be due to Octagon Jitters when he lost a decision on the Woodley Wonderboy 2 card back in March of last year. Again, short career only one loss and not been knocked out so how this one plays out we won't know until the pin drops cage door locks the thumb goes up and they start the clock now oldie but a goodie possible fight is between killer b ben saunders and jake the juggernaut Ellenberger. 
these two valiant fighters in the twilight of their career, but they are still capable of turning in some memorable performances. Julio Arce is going to be taking on Daniel Tamer. Arce is a vet of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, made his UFC debut back in January with a decision on the pay-per-view in Boston where Stipe Miocic beats Francis Ngannou. He's also a native of Queens, New York, so he should have that home state advantage in this fight. And he should be pretty sharp as his teammate is Jimmy Rivera and they've been fighting each other and building each other up in this fight camp. Kid Dynamite, David Tamer, not first, let me say this. I'm sorry, Daniel Tamer. Okay, there are not enough kid nicknames in the fight game. I mean, I know Jason Knight fought last week, and he is the kid, but we need some Kid Dynamites, uh, Kid King Kong, uh, uh, Kid Soda Can Crusher. I don't know, but we need more kid nicknames in the fight game. Anyway, back to this fight. I misspoke and said David Tamer, which is the better known of the Tamers. David is Daniel's brother, who's also fighting on this card. So like Arce, Tamer has a teammate that he's been able to build with, sharpen his skills with as they have been working together for the same outcome on the same day. The curtain jerker for this fight card is Sam Alvey, smiling Sam Alvey and Gian Vellante. The smiling one's grin is extra wide right now because he's fighting at 205 versus fighting at middleweight. And that means less weight to cut. In an interview with Stephen Morocco, Alvy said that he hopes to get hurt less because he can focus on healing more versus cutting weight since he's not fighting as low as he was fighting before. Alvy expects to be about 225 pounds or more on fight night and really hopes that that's going to help him with absorbing the punches of the hard-hitting Sarah Longo product. Volante lives by the sword and he dies by it too. Of Gian Volante's 16 wins, 10 of those have come by strikes and four of his nine losses have also come by strikes. So he's either giving or getting for the most part. And Sam knows how to give. Can he give at the 205 level? We'll have to wait and see. To keep up with Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. New content gets released regularly on anchor.fm. Android users, the easiest way to hear Trackstar Sports and all of your favorite podcasts is by downloading Podcast Republic. Once there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports and new episodes will be ready for your listening pleasure 
whenever they get released. For iOS users, you can do the same thing via Apple Podcast. Make sure that you're joining the Debate Fuel Facebook group where you can talk to your favorite correspondents and other passionate fans about sports every single day. Our flagship show is Debate Fuel, and that's broadcast live on Periscope at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday mornings. You can catch replays of it there on Periscope, or you can hear the Debate Fuel podcast version wherever you listen to Trackstar Sports. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.